0: Hi there. This is the first episode of Gin and Sometimes Whiskey and this is Amber and Hannah. We're going to be talking about all things gin and sometimes whiskey. We're really excited about this episode. We've been trying to find a project that we could collaborate on for a while. Decided to merge our love of beverages and perhaps gin and went a little bit along the process.
1: With each of these episodes we'll have a gin founding story or the reason we drink gin so we'll go ahead and start with ours. Ross, what's your gin founding story?
0: believe, Hannah, it was my 29th birthday in a little place in Indianapolis at a bar that's no longer there called Bourbon Street Distillery. And my friend Ryland said, hey, let me buy you a drink. It's $3 gin night. And that was my first drink of gin. I loved it. We consumed more than one gin that night. And I think, I think Hannah, we were drinking Bombay Sapphire, maybe Tangeray, but I think Bombay. Just sitting outside, bunch of friends. That'd be typical. Yeah, having, having a great time at $3 a night. Yeah, how about yourself? My gym founding
1: story is not as happy. And that's okay. Not all of them have to be. I was, it was a cold night. I was in Vermont. I was probably wearing a pea coat, trying to channel some Sherlock vibes. And I went into a liquor store to get something to have a cocktail that night. I just got off work. Um, and I didn't have the money to go to a bar. But I found this beautiful bottle of gin that was coated in beeswax at the top and just really pretty. And I hadn't had a ginger or anything since the last time I hung out with you, which had been literally a year and a half before this time. And I was like, I think I need this. I love me some kitschy labels. And I took some bar hill gin home that night and I made myself a whole gin tea with some lime and It was great. And I felt like I was home. That's my gin founding story.
0: And I guess to bring that full circle, you brought me back some of that Bar Hill. It was delicious. And it set at least, I think Bar Hill sent both of us down the pathway of what's this craft gin movement and what's it all about? And where can I find some and how, how can I learn more?
1: exactly and how do you find people and distillers that appreciate a good cocktail they're not going for quantity they're going for quality and something different and fun and often more sustainable um mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. and that's i think what we're into and that's what this podcast is all about yeah and our guest brian from tinker Pass events which is a beautiful space in indianapolis is also kind of all about those values and you'll get to hear from him soon welcome we can't wait to get to know you more Cheers. This recording takes place at Tinker House Events, which is in Indianapolis. It's a beautiful open air space, but also sounds like it. So you might hear the lovely coffee shop downstairs or some randos checking out the space for an event or the HVAC system. That's all part of being in this area, but also part of us hanging out with Brian at Tinker House Events.
0: We hope you enjoy it. We're here today with Brian, um, Brian and I met back in the day when he was really on the leading front of spirits in Indiana, in the Midwest, if you will, and we're going to talk about Jen, we're going to talk about the processes, and I'm going to let him talk about what he's doing today, and we'll just kick into it.
2: Right on, thanks for having me. Um, yep, my name is Brian, and... Um... I am a gin enthusiast, certainly. Why I know about gin, I guess, outside of the fact that I love to drink it, is that I'm uh, also one of the co-founders of Hotel Tango Distillery, which is a local distillery here in Indianapolis. Started about f- almost six years ago, and made some gin, made a lot of gin actually, um,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: really enjoy it. So we've got uh, some of that to sample today, uh, it's probably my favorite gin on the market currently that I like, though there's a lot. but. Happy to sit here and chat through uh, the gin process and Mm -hmm. maybe do a little tasting, actually definitely
0: do some tasting. I like it. So Brian, why don't you tell us how you came to like gin? What was your gin founding story, if you will?
2: Sure. Um, Well, you know, you probably hear people say uh, that they once liked gin Mm -hmm. or I tried it in the past and I don't really like it anymore. And I was somewhat of that person. I never really liked gin, I had Snuck some when I was underage at my parents' cabinet, and it was nasty. Do you remember it was, what it was? I'm sure it was like beef eaters or oh. something like that. You know, <sighs> mom and dad didn't have the finest of palates. I mean, no one, is no yeah. one did. No one did really. Like,
1: has like gold on it, mm-hmm. right? It's plastic sometimes, mm-hmm. but it has a class to it that maybe have isn't. We did a plastic missing. bottle,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I didn't really like gin at all. I never drank it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey guy kind of growing up but uh, as we kind of started dabbling in this Hotel Tango idea uh, a year year prior to that I had was just out and I was like you know what I'm gonna try something new for the first time and uh, a bartender and I can't remember exactly where we were at though I can re- remember the bar the way it looks dimly lit kind of one of those speakeasy type bars and they said well why don't you try this no let's gin and I was like never heard of it um, let's give it a shot sure. yeah and it was not the taste of your typical gin. It was, uh, you know, had that like um, kind of citrusy, fruitier almost, mm-hmm. um, but still had that mm-hmm. traditional you know, juniper dry gin style.
0: So it didn't burn going down. Yeah, it tasted yeah. really nice, like and
2: um, just had a cocktail of that a couple times uh, since then, and I was just like, wow, gin's not bad. And then we started making mm-hmm. Hotel Tango gin, and I fell in love. Uh, with irogen and it's been you know, yeah. I don't know uh, off to the races since then
0: yeah so let's just pause there for a second so friends how i know brian is when hotel tango was getting ready to open we collaborated on just some building issues if you will and brian asked me what i wanted to be when i grew up and i said a gen evangelist and fast forward Six years? Yeah, about. Yeah, and here we sit having a podcast, talking all about Jen. So <laughs> there's the there's the backstory to that. Coming full circle. Coming right? full circle. Yeah. No, I just
1: need, like, a TV audience. And then at the end, does everybody have a G&T to close out the service? I think
2: that's you right? have to have Maybe. a G&T while you're watching. I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: because, uh, like, a little, like... Protestant raise like a little communion cup of gin as a taste. I think that's, that's not a true. bad idea. Yeah, absolutely, you yeah. found a gin church if you wanted to. It's after <laughs> you go to church, you go to brunch, you go to gin church. N- Nothing wrong not with that. Not a bad
2: way to spend Sunday. Pray Hashtag
1: heaven on earth. Back to gin and away from the evangelism because that's tiptoeing into some weird territory there. Yeah,
0: I think we should edit this part out, I yeah I think so. Yeah. But
1: again, I think maybe gin church will make it a thing. But I think a lot of people have bad gin as a kid, like. By kid, I mean someone who's like 21, 22. You see like a James Bond film or two, shaken not stirred, which oh, is also yeah. like the worst way I think to have any type of martini because you're just getting mostly ice. But you think like, oh yeah, this is gonna be delicious because it's clear like water. Yep. And bad gin
0: tastes like Christmas trees on fire. Yeah. And yeah. That-
2: and that translates to your insides, and yeah. that's it's never fun.
0: And it yeah. kind of smells like Christmas trees on fire, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The only
2: appropriate time to enjoy Christmas trees on fire is when it's actually happening in a fireplace. Christmas yeah. trees. I've actually
0: torched is. a Christmas tree that was dried. Not my friend and mouth. I. No. My friend no. and I wanted to see how fast it would go up no. and burn. It was maybe Marchish. and the just... been in your
1: house for like three,
0: three months. His house. Christmas? Yeah, what? and we just set it on fire outside. And
2: now it's our job to put. Uh, people to put our, their trust in us and tell them better gins to drink instead That's true. of lighting their Christmas tree on yeah, fire. Yeah, and don't and light your dinner. Christmas
0: tree on fire. It's not a good idea. The fire hit the utility lines. Nothing bad happened. Good it just board. was not smart. Can't say
2: that I haven't done it, but it's
0: mm-hmm. so small town. Mm-hmm. It, was in, it was in Indianapolis. That didn't happen out in the country. But we have good gin here to
1: drink. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do we want to kind of discuss what we, what we all yep. brought to this? technique of alcohol? Or do you want to talk more about the distilling process? Because I think both lead yeah, into wherever you guys want
2: to go here. I, I certainly have a few. Um, I brought a few gins. You guys brought a few gins. There's certainly plenty out there that we did not bring. That's probably good for ourselves today. Uh, but yeah, let me just I can talk to you a little bit about the distilling process. It's not that different than any other distilling process as far as making alcohol. It just comes down to the botanicals that you use, certainly juniper uh, being the main ingredient in any botanical basket or mixture. Um, there's different styles, uh, you know, Hotel Tango had a different style of making their gin versus, you know, maybe traditional styles or, um, but we, you know, we soaked our botanicals in the in the neutral grain spirit for um, for some time other people drop baskets in to the actual pot when they're distilling. Um, other people, um, it's what's called a gin basket. It's a separate part of the still where they allow the vapors to actually go through this pre-made botanical basket, and the vapors then you know grab the mm-hmm. grab the botanicals and go through the rest of the still to to make your gin and then and then come out as a, a distillate.
0: So that's why some labels say vapor. Like vapor process. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
2: it, and it's it, it, yeah. I mean, there are there are certain things you have to put on the uh, on the label, and I don't know if uh, you have to do that, but it's certainly you know mm-hmm. a distinguishing part of the gin making process. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's
0: yeah. And what are some examples of botanicals that you might use?
2: Um, well, like I said, juniper being the the main one. Uh, coriander is certainly a um, a predominant in most gins, at least from my experience, but I mean you can use. There's so many botanicals, anything from you know fennel and um, angelica root and star anise to some more of like citrusy side of things like just lemon and orange peel, you know dried dried lemon and orange peel or uh, I like Grains of Paradise, it's just a awesome flavor, or lavender, or you can really, I mean, you could go so many directions uh, with your with your botanical basket and, and mixture, that that's why I think the gin category is growing so much, because there's really, mm-hmm. truly different gins out there, even though they're the same general buckets of gins, um, you can really have different flavors for different people, which mm-hmm. is great. I'm more on the citrus forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind yeah, I am as, dina, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. gin.
2: I do like some dries as I continue to grow and my gin mm-hmm. knowledge and my gin experience i liking more and more.
1: The difference between Can you tell gin. how much we love talking about botanical? Infused There's going to be a Bartender's I Garden episode later. You've described you it will. all right, Brian. we are sure. like seeing a lot more.
2: Of so that. best, yeah, the best of my knowledge, uh, you know, gin although it can, and most of the time, is made from a grain and neutral spirit or a neutral grain spirit, whatever you want to go, which is just like a, a corn-based or a, you know, a grain-based high-proof spirit. You can make vodka out of, uh, but you can make other items like, such as gin. But when it comes to this, you have to redistill it, because that's how you get the botanicals into mm-hmm to your, your mixture, uh, whereas maybe a vodka is just um, infused at the end of the process. So it's, mm-hmm. All right, let's um, get it down to a proper proof, and then we're going to add some flavor, whether that's cucumber vodka or blueberry vodka mm-hmm. or whatever the hell's out there. Uh, so <laughs> so that's, um, that's kind of where the yeah, difference I feel lies, like... the main difference is one is redistilled and one is not
1: most of the make gin kits at home are that vodka infused yes. process, which is safest. Yeah, we don't want people, you know, blowing up their house trying to distill gin. Yeah, don't blow up Maybe. your house. Yeah, no, that's, that's a disclaimer yes. you can take. To you shouldn't claim. be
2: distilling anything at your house, quite frankly, because it is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just well, there's that too. Just a disclaimer. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know. But if you do try yeah. it at your home,
2: don't blow up your brain. don't blow up your, don't house. Don't blow up yeah. your house.
1: No. Yeah. Well, like, so what do people think of, so when I think of distilling things, well, first as a kid, when somebody said bathtub gin, mm-hmm. and I knew it had basically Christmas trees in it, so I pictured a bathtub full of Christmas <laughs> trees, which yeah. is not at all how you make bathtub no, gin. Which it's not. That is true. Kind of, hor- uh, that's more horrifying. The I way don't I know
2: it, but... <laughs> the, the full story on the bathtub gin, but what I do know is that during Prohibition, um, a way to get around or secretively yeah. make or produce gin in old, you know, you know those clawfoot bathtubs. Is what mm-hmm. I think of and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is how they poured a bunch yep. of their ingredients together and they hid it because it looked like water. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. And but also it was un- it was very unregulated.
1: Yeah, uh, I think back occasionally I use turpentine. Yes. Which is where we like when people say, "Oh, this burns!" Like literally, it, it does. Yes, burn.
2: that is that is uh, an accurate statement. Uh, So that was kind of where Bathtub Gin gets a bad rap.
0: I just Uh, think of Annie the movie and how the lady that ran the orphanage made Bathtub Gin. And she was evil. So that's my (laughs) child association.
1: (laughs) yes, Which is what I aim to be like most of the time. Like no kids around, just having a nice glass of, hopefully not bathtub gin, but, yeah. but gin. Yeah, so when it comes to the, the distilling process, how big is a still? Like, I feel like some people are like, oh, look at my fancy, beautiful copper still. And yeah. some people are like, no, nah, no, I don't I mean,
2: you can make gin in any size still, just like you can make any. But we started on a, oh, it was, um, I don't know, 25, 30 gallon still, and made gin out of that. Um,
0: it, it, yeah. It's, Did it's you, wonderful. Didn't you hand make your still?
2: Uh, no, that was, that, well, I mean, we had a handmade still to mm-hmm. start with, uh, I didn't personally yeah. hand make it, no. We can
0: say that you did, though, if you want. <laughs> We can just say that there was a prototype involved. There was a prototype
2: yeah. involved. I wasn't involved in that process, though it was still made some good hooch, you know, so, but that was, uh, a short-lived process, and when we got into the professionally made, um, items, uh, stills, stills and, and all those types of things, um. We had, to, uh, we had a heating element that was actually inside the pot, which mm-hmm. is not common in the larger stuff. It's, this was more like a kettle, our original one, which had the heating element inside, touching the, the liquid. So you had to be careful about that, because yep. alcohol is flammable. Mm-hmm. But also, we had to, um, that's why we, we soaked and then strained our liquid mm-hmm. into yeah. the still, because the heating element would burn up mm-hmm. um, the botanicals if they were in the pot, and then we would have burnt gin not Mm -hmm. Christmas tree burnt but just
0: nasty burnt yeah
2: so that's how we originally made our that's why we had to do it that way Mm -hmm. we just kind of kept going that process because it tasted pretty good
0: yeah I think while we're talking about distilling and processes can maybe you talk about some of the regulations that I don't think anyone realizes down to the bottle and the labeling and how long that process can take and how you have to kind of plan some of that out
2: yeah sure when it comes to gin um there, there's a, I, I kind of say that there are guidelines more so than specific rules mm-hmm. in the Spirit game, although they're pretty staunch on those, those edges. Um, but as long as you kind of land in the middle, it can move forward. But with that, there are also you know, specific things that you have to put on your label when it comes to like, you know, the warning, and the proof type of spirit has to you know, the size of the lettering mm-hmm. has to be certain sizes, you probably notices that there are no actual ingredients on any alcohol mm-hmm. um, related labels. So that's not a requirement though. With the gin and some other, uh, certainly other things, but like gin specifically has to be made with predominantly uh, proportionally. Uh, Juniper And
0: then you can Add whatever you want On the back end So kind of like Whiskey Has to be certain things To be a bourbon whiskey Correct But you don't necessarily Label it Like oh this was in a Certain type of So the government Has to kind of Approve Mm -hmm. that
2: first uh, At least the general You know The general Side of your Your recipe and then you can be off to the races after that.
1: Is there an official government job that I can get just yes. tasting gin? Yeah, well, not, you know, <laughs> no. I smoke no. too soon. Like, uh, yes, no. Uh, no, not wrong. tasting
2: anything, but there are, um, it's the Tax and Trade Bureau or the TTB. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, maybe not mm-hmm. so fun fact, that department is the second highest grossing uh, revenue for the federal government behind the Stop it. taxes. Because. because behind you like yeah, um, Yeah. IRS because they collect the taxes for all the alcohol throughout the United States. I'm gonna move on to my next gin here. I'm gonna let them know what I'm drinking. Actually this is yours. Uh This is yours right? What, What is this? So
0: this is one of probably my top five gins that I've ever had. It's Spirit Hound distilleries. It's out of Colorado and I think the guy is from the brewers that did Is it Sam's Pale Ale or something like that? Okay. Uh, Dale's Pale Ale. Dale's Pale Ale. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so then they went and opened up Spirit Hounds. Speaking of the botanicals, I know that they do shout-outs for people to bring in juniper berries from their hikes in the mountains, and then they get a free cocktail in exchange. So talk about hyper-local. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I don't know about distribution outside of that area, if they even do that or not. I'm not sure.
2: So you brought this back from when you
0: Colorado, yep.
2: yeah. Okay. Well, this is my first time trying it, so yeah. here goes nothing, but it looks, and smells wonderful. Got
1: Batch
0: number 121, bottle number 2. You 10. don't happen
2: to know the bot- botanical mix-up on Mm-mm. this, do you?
0: They talked a little bit about it, but not about the botanical mixes. I, mean, I think it gets a
1: little bit of the caramel side that you like in a barrel aged gin. Yeah in this which is not barrel-aged no but that's kind of i think part of where your palate goes i like it yeah it's nice
2: it's very mountainy yeah it's got some it's got some earthy tones to it it's not as juniper heavy as uh, others you know Mm -mm. and it's but it's also not as citrusy as i was expecting it to be so Mm -hmm. something else i gotta i gotta get through a few more tastes to see if i Mm -hmm. can
1: this is the hard part really right now oh gotta drink more so sad crying and people still get stuff wrong Right, you oh, have, yeah. You have so many times, you're like, oh, I really like this. And you're like, that's actually trash.
0: <laughs> like, but I guess I love trash.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I tried
0: guess. some grapefruit flavored gin from a distiller that I really like. Garbage, couldn't even drink it. Yeah. But somebody else might be like, this is the best gin I've ever had. That's true.
2: That's true. (laughs) It really does. I mean, you can really dive into your palate, and everyone's different.
1: Like, when you started distilling, were there some, like, because you have to obviously taste and see as you go, but there's some where you're just like, oh, my God, what did we just make? There was
2: certainly a lot of trash (laughs) that we made, yeah, and we had to throw out. I didn't particularly care for the coriander, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll do it, and I like it in other gins, but in, in the gin that we were making, it just didn't. Fit well with our palate, yeah. so we yeah. ended up taking it out all together. We were trying to make a, a citrus for a gin, and the coriander was throwing a little too much spice in there for us. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. we, 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 I could
0: see that with your gin, yeah.
2: And we were just mixing yeah. it with things that—I uh, mean, certainly a gin and tonic—and that's fine. Yeah. But a lot more citrus-based juices and mm-hmm. um, simple syrups. So very citrus-sugary mm-hmm. palate with a gin, you know, that was spicy. I mean, just didn't
1: yeah, I sit like-
2: well with us early
1: on. Or I feel like it's hard to feel like you've got a clean finish with it yeah. a little bit, which... Lingers. Yeah, which, like, and in an... How do you feel about Aquavit? I'm not... I
2: don't know enough to speak intelligently.
1: There's some that are, like... Like, North Shore Aqua Aquavit is super coriander forward which i love with like a soda but some people absolutely hate it so
0: brian i will say it's good it's so good that is
2: really smooth
0: and good man what so let's talk about the differences a little bit in gin so talking about hotel tango and how it's a more citrus for gin something that i really appreciate about it is with hotel tango if i know someone is not a gin drinker i think it's a great introduction gin to someone who Mm -hmm. might be just be right out of my mouth exactly i don't like christmas trees i had beef eaters or it smells odd versus spirit hound i would say would be to someone who is a gin drinker because it's a little bit heavier on some of those other botanicals right
2: right and i think that that was uh, how we were able to introduce our gin so early on in the process because we got this all the time oh i don't drink gin or i Mm -hmm. had a bad experience with Mm -hmm. gin and i can understand that now but we said well Give us a try, give it a try, you know. If you don't like it, we'll make you something else on the house, it'll be fine. But we want you to try Arjun, because it's not like what you tried before. We Mm -hmm. don't
0: think. It's not
1: tangeray. But yeah I think that's a that's an important niche to fill because I think a lot of people are getting tired of what they've always been drinking or if they're a whiskey drinker they're like I've really had everything on the rocks and I'd like to have something I can drink in the summer that right and I feel like a good clean gin that citrus forward
0: kind of fills that need
2: I that they don't care they just don't know you know yeah, they, yeah. so which
0: in my understanding in you would it one thousand times, moreover, know this than me is why, at most distilling places, they have a great cocktail bar that goes along with it, like Journeyman, mm-hmm. like Hotel Tango, mm-hmm. like Long Road, like story. New Holland, yeah. like Longshore, mm-hmm. or. I mean, it's the thing now. Yeah. Like you I mean, have, you to, have, have a, to do you that. You have
2: to have a, a, a sweet tasting room. Yeah. And and put your drinks into the into the way that the consumers will consume it. Like. Yeah. A, Beer or a wine, people are just drinking that right out of the bottle. But like, not many people uh, like us sit here and drink (laughs) gin on the rocks or just not gin straight. You know, they don't do that. So you have to put it in a a form that that the consumer will drink it and then wow them.
0: Which is why, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand it actually from the work I did in Grand Rapids, which is why that a lot of spirit distillers have. Vodka and gin, and maybe rum to a lesser degree, rum as their front runners while their whiskey ages.
2: Yeah, oh, that's so everything
0: cash yeah. it cash flows that way between yeah. the bar and the the spirits that don't have to age Absolutely. for so long.
2: Absolutely, yeah. that's just um, just kind of the ways of the world. Yeah. Um, unless you're you know well funded and you can go out and source that juice, that aged juice stuff yeah. uh, early and put it into that bar while you age your own stuff which is you know very much happens um you know those who are really tight that that yeah of course yeah. they start with the easy stuff that doesn't need to be put in a barrel and yeah. they can eat, immediately make some money off of it and that hmm. just continues to finance the operation yeah.
0: now we'll be shifting to our european side of the gym picnic table european listeners we will love your knowledge. Feel free to message us with your faves on Instagram Gunpowder at underscore gin underscore and underscore whiskey can. or email at gin dot mm-hmm. whiskey
1: info at, 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 at gmail dot com. Uh, it has all it has all the story that you want. Right.
2: Gunpowder. Uh, so what do you Ireland. know about this? Who, who brought this? Today?
0: So I, Amber, I brought it. <laughs> so this was actually a gift from one of my friends. Um, we have both been to Ireland, a.k.a. the homeland. He knows that I like gin brought it to me and then we both drank it and had very strong thoughts about it and to be honest this is one of the top rated gins right now in the world wow it's not my favorite gin friends so i'm curious to see what everyone else says all right it's a beau, beautifully designed it's bottle a beautiful and yeah. labels and so forth yeah yeah this is it's nice there's and a, it smells amazing there's a, it jack- there's a
1: jackalope on the front is that what those are called mm-hmm. rabbit with a Mm-hmm. on it. What do,
0: what do you think, Brian? Oh, there's something at the end mm-hmm. that I don't like. That's what I don't care for as well. Is the finish? It's um,
1: it's like a stale bitterness in a small way. Like not like, not like bad. I think this would be fine in a tonic. I mean, maybe yeah. in a, maybe even in a Negroni. Something that has like a bitterness that would
0: cut into that. But
2: I don't. I think it tastes pretty
0: pretty pretty not
2: bad actually um it's, a, it's see brian has the industry he does but yeah i it, it's for a dry gin it's not i can see why that's popular it also, it, i feel like it's lacking something too mm-hmm. it's not it smells
0: yeah. amazing it smells no. great yeah. it just
2: doesn't have i mean it's just very basic mm-hmm. but maybe that's why it's so popular it's maybe it's for everybody
0: i mean i feel that's how i feel about hendrix i'm not sure what i want to drink i just order a hendrix yeah. And a tonic because yeah. you can't go wrong with it.
2: Yeah, we didn't yeah. have any Hendrix here today, no. but that's yeah. pretty standard in my book, too. Yeah. I mean, I can't go wrong um, with any Hendrix drink whatsoever, Mm-mm. so. yeah,
1: I think with, like, my second drink, I kind of chewed it a little bit. I mean, you get definitely more of the gunpowder tea, but that's a tea that I really don't care for. Okay. It, it yeah. gets real bitter real fast, yeah, so you steep it for, like, two, three minutes, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that might be the bitterness at the end. It's not maybe. so much that, like, it's over botanical or it's, like... Over alcoholy, I think it's the bitterness of the tea. It is. It was
0: for me, and that might also be a difference between European market and American market as well mm-hmm. And yeah. flavor profile. I mean,
1: like Americans are like, we like Brian likes it though. Yeah, I think that's pretty tasty. Like, that might that might be the gift for Brian for his <laughs> his guest hosting <laughs> mm-hmm. here. Since Ross I mean, like that's pretty. About it. Yeah,
2: that's that's. I mean, that's not bad.
0: Not bad at all. So I think while we're tasting all these very different styled gins, right? Right. Like, let's talk about, from your perspective, what you, since you're in the industry, and Hannah and I are just consumers of Gen. Yeah. Like, what do we look for? If you don't know a lot about gin? you you're sitting at a bar, or you're in a restaurant, what would be what you're looking for in a cocktail, even in gin and
2: Sure. Well, the, the good and the bad is that you're going to find on most people's shelves, just the average shelf, if you will, um, the stuff that you've probably already heard of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Tangarays, the Bombay's, the, the Hendrix is certainly up there. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't really go wrong. Um, but because it's, it's, the, it is the best or at least best marketed stuff in, in the industry that's, mm-hmm. well, that's on the back bar. But if you're willing to try, and this is just, again, personal preference, um, or you've had bad experiences with gin in the past and you're like ah, you know, don't really know I would say you want to start with something that's a little bit more forgiving mm-hmm. and that would be um, a Hendrix or um, something of the like that mm-hmm. has got that softer tone to it that's not this yeah the Christmas that's not yeah. the Christmas tree burning yeah no. um, and then you know try it in something that's maybe a little bit more forgiving as well mm-hmm. as far as uh, your ingredients maybe not start with you know
0: uh, a a dirty gin martini
2: extra dirty extra olive you know which is certainly delicious it's also dinner if you have enough (laughs) yes
0: that makes me a little thirsty right now Um,
2: but maybe something that's more uh you know like god a gin and tonic goes a long way Mm -hmm. for a lot of people but maybe like a tom collins that's Mm -hmm. something a little that's true um, yeah yeah. easy to drink um Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know and then as you go out into experiencing gin and gin cocktails go out on the limb and -hmm. try some of these uh cocktail bars Uh, i I, that's the first thing i do when i go to a new spot um is i look at their gin cocktails and i Mm -hmm. order the gin cocktail first that Mm -hmm. i haven't heard of or that i like a few of the ingredients Mm -hmm. and then there's certainly some some ingredients i'm like i have no idea what that is yeah there's a lot of other good stuff in there and i'm gonna try that and if it it sucks then at least i tried it but and then i'll switch to whiskey after that anyway but I have to try the gin cocktail first, at least one, mm-hmm. because you can do so much with it, and, and they're delicious if you can find the right ones. Yeah. So I recommend going out and just, like, if you're bold enough, pick a gin cocktail that you haven't heard of before and say, let me try that. Yeah. And they'll they'll and they'll really do. The bartenders do a good job. Most of these places do a really good job of, of putting these drinks together, mm-hmm. that, that it's not going to taste like shit. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're going you're yeah. to have a tasty cocktail in front of you.
0: Yeah. yeah. So to that point, like let's say you go to a Hotel Tango or a Long Road or a Few, because Few has they do some really interesting things with their gin, which is in Evanston, Illinois, mm-hmm. by the way. Like let's say you're there, you don't know very much about gin, and you just want to order a drink. I I would say just order a G and I I don't know yeah. what would you say?
2: I mean that's a again a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. starting point. I I feel that if you want to get to up your knowledge and up your yeah. game a little bit, like I said, pick something that you haven't heard of. But if you're scared of gin or you're not ready yeah. to go back into the gin world, yeah. G&T goes a long way, man. And it's okay. it yeah. is so tasty. Well, and, like,
1: and some people who like really don't care for the bitterness of tonic... Like if you do fever tree like they have i feel like they have a lot that's true your tonic makes a
0: big difference yeah and the quality
1: of your cocktail it's like the mediterranean tonic is a lot lighter and sweeter you've got um, they're, like, just basic tonic, which is a nicer quality. It's usually smaller bottles, so it keeps a fizz. Yeah. Um, but you can also do some stuff that's more citrusy that'll help cover up a little bit of that.
0: Do but you, I think people think they need to drink flights. Don't drink flights because you'll, you'll just be annoyed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you think, maybe you, maybe I'm just a judger. Maybe I'm just a Gen X judger. So, but don't you feel like <laughs> Also, when okay, you, can we say that you bobbled your head, like, three times when you I have that. been to India, so there's that. But, so, <laughs> don't you feel like when you go to a new distillery that you haven't been to before—don't you use their gin as a as a almost a bellwether or a, a tasting of whether or not their whiskey will be good? I do. Ooh, if they don't do their good, gin well, a, I don't trust their whiskey. I don't know. I
2: don't. Uh, I didn't really think of it like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't. Uh, now I. Now I will. Now that you have said uh-huh. that, I will forever never right? forget that. If they can't um. get
0: their gin right, how are they going to get their whiskey right? <laughs> I I I don't don't
2: know if that's the barometer to use, but I like it. Damn it! But like,
0: are they sisters or are they just like France? You
1: know, they're cousins. Like whiskey and gin, right? Cousins. I'm pretty great. Some of my cousins are not so great, but they would also say the same thing about me. So I don't know if. Yeah. I think I think what you could judge
0: more easily would be a barrel, a barrel reserve. If a barrel reserve is bad, but not everyone does that. Not everyone does that, though. It's true, and they might bring in barrels that aren't their own. Because they're aging their whiskey. That's that's. Sure, risky. I also kind
1: of like that. That's like recycling. Like you know, so if somebody's got barrels, they're maybe they're, not great. Mm-hmm. They don't know. I think if people so gonna...
2: do, if those who make gin, which not everybody does, not, no. al- well, not that's all, not all distilleries make gin. No, um, and that's fine, but you should be making a good gin. Yeah, it does. It does speak highly if your gin is good. That yeah. there's probably a high probability that a lot of your other shit will taste pretty yeah. damn good as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll give you that. If it's a shitty gin, I don't have a lot of high hopes for the rest of, rest of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Though, I have, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past before. But
0: we're all proven yeah. wrong. <laughs> oh, I am totally. proven wrong every single day but about so many like things. Good, some distillers on their whiskey are like, yeah, it's like
1: moonshine. I'm like, that I'm going for yeah, right. But like, mm-hmm. they, they, they have, there's a pride in the ethyl alcohol yeah. flavor, which is is interesting. So, so okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was
0: going to say let's get to we are gin and sometimes whiskey, I and we brought yes, to thank you. We brought up a whiskey quite a bit. We were drinking barrel, barrel aged gin. Let's talk about whiskey for a hot second, and yeah. then we'll just wrap it up. Okay, yeah. yeah.
2: So um, tell
1: me, because
0: we're all whiskey drinkers around this table too. I was gonna say, yeah. like,
1: Let's bourbon first whiskey and, first and foremost probably i think that's that's what i go for
0: i love an in,
1: but it's just easier to find good whiskey i think that's true actually, like, i actually drink gin before i drink whiskey though at home or in a bar bar see no i feel like the the bar situation that i have is you go into a bar the best gin they have maybe is bombay sapphire and there's not a whole lot of niche stuff
0: that's true, but I was, that's why I started out drinking because it was three dollar a gin night. That's what you taught me as your intern oh, when yeah. I was your intern. I, d- in I don't even remember that. Yeah, I, I thought you, I taught you, you Jameson. You turned to me,
1: no, you turned to me, and you're like, if you have to order a GNT and t, Hannah, order a Bombay Sapphire g and t. I was
0: like, okay, noted. Well, there's there's a lot I don't remember. Life life was fuzzy. Life was fuzzy, day. but mostly from stress, not from alcohol. Actually, that is true. <laughs> that's mostly from stress. But. So, I
2: agree with you guys. I'm a gin, and then I've mentioned a time or two already that I like to go to the bourbon after my gin cocktail.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. It's a nice, almost dessert drink, right, to finish out your meal if you're at a nice restaurant.
2: Um, it's Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or any That's classic. Absolutely. Um, and certainly, getting being in the industry, yeah, your main focus is... Um, is making some some pretty good, Mm -hmm. or at least certainly drinking some pretty good uh, bourbon. Yeah. But, um, you know, I have my favorite um, bourbons out there and, you know, some better than others. Certainly uh, Hotel Tango stuff is uh, high on on my list, if not the the number one. I mean, we make a damn good bourbon. But there are some really good stuff out there and we've got to know some really cool...
0: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So I have friends that are from Kentucky, and they swear up and down that you cannot call a whiskey a bourbon if it was not made in Kentucky. That's what,
2: that's what Kentucky However, wants you to believe. However,
0: that is not true.
2: That is not true. So. There are three, uh, there are four requirements for bourbon, per the law, the federal law. It has to be made with 51% or more corn, but can't be over 80%. Has to be made in the United States has to be aged in a new oak barrel, mm-hmm. white oak. Preferably American oak, but it doesn't have to be American oak. And it has to be aged, uh, well, it has to be aged in an oak barrel, but there are certain requirements, uh, on the aging time that make it a bourbon to a straight bourbon. Now you've seen that straight bourbon on a yeah, I have on label a labels. before. Yeah. That's on purpose. Um, I believe if I remember correctly a straight bourbon has to be aged for two years or more. But let's say that you threw in a bourbon in a white oak barrel for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's technically bourbon. It doesn't taste like anything I see. Yeah. that you yeah. that you like, but it's technically bourbon. So obviously, a lot of, not a lot of people do that, yeah. and that's not a big thing. But the straight bourbon is a is a designation that I believe is two years or more and that's that's what straight that's cool made. that's and helpful straight on, uh, on the, um,
0: on the label. to yeah. your friends who correct you where you're like no that's not bourbon you can't drink that they right. mislabeled it because it yeah. was not made in Kentucky talk to your Kentucky lobbyists. I'm Kentucky not saying that, that I have friends who do that I but.
2: don't know any of those people and I don't want them to be my friends Quite mm-hmm. frankly friend. sorry
1: Kentucky yeah no. we prefer them to only speak in French to are talking about bourbon since we've took off the N and the E for the county that's named mm-hmm. after you know, I want I want a Kentuckiana accent speaking to me in French about how angry they are about bourbon. It's true, wow, that's true, right? No.
0: I that's, don't want that. My I, that's too complex for even me. I mean, but it gets the anger across. That's right? true.
1: But yeah, so now we have a lovely bourbon.
0: Yeah. In front let's of talk us, about this a little Kentucky
1: bit.
2: Yeah. Because so we
0: I, all have been there. I yeah,
2: I did not know this before, um, but I enjoy this uh, bourbon. I actually enjoy this, these products regardless, mm-hmm. but the High West brand out of Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not know that you guys have been to this uh, distillery, yeah, which we is. Yeah, my beautiful. 30th
1: birthday, we went to Utah, and this is where we Still
0: it is beautiful. Now
2: did you go to the one um the the original one, like on the main drag where it's got the restaurant and you can see uh the, All the over still the in mountains. the middle and the mountain you're right in yes. the ski range, or yes. did you go out to the big sky branch where they're new? Production facility uh, and event spaces.
0: I think we were at yeah. the New Sky Ranch. Yeah, I we think had so. Somebody
1: took us up. We could not drive. We're not allowed to drive up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was they a big old, like old winding yes. road.
0: We had an adorable driver, <laughs> pointed out some birds. He was so cute. He was so sweet. I was kind of worried he was going to be like. He gave us the history scary. of the mountains, yeah. which was not anglicized. No, it was no. great. No. That's good. I think, That's I, good. I, think I, I think I angrily gestured earlier and
1: poured out some of my bird. It's okay. Like the saddest moment.
0: It's okay, this but is so good, so delicious.
2: Well, I mean, and this is not even my favorite. I like the double rye.
0: Mm. We had the double rye; it was very, mm-hmm. very
2: good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you uh, know, you know, the other side of this. Now, like I said earlier, these people that have been in the business for some time and they've had time to age all their stuff. But High West is a, a classic example of a distillery that sourced all their juice in the early days from Lawrenceburg, Indiana.
0: I did not know that. Yes, no. they
2: sourced very early on, and I they probably still source a time or two here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do have a lot of capacity, from what I understand. So they're doing their own stuff, but uh, sourced and mixed. And actually, they were very um, open about. It. But uh, you know, since then they've they they sold to Constellation uh, a couple of years ago for a nice nice price tag, and you know that's just melded into the bigger conglomerate mm-hmm. of, of production. So I'm sure yeah. that they have a whole new that way of doing things. But nonetheless, it's still pretty damn good juice and I like, I yeah, like it's it. Yeah, it's delicious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And Cheers yeah. to that. Cheers.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what High West continues. Because Utah's continuing to kind of update some of its laws around alcohol and there's kind of push to, particularly from Salt Lake City, to normalize some quantities. It'll be interesting to see how that changes what High West puts out and how far it goes.
2: Yeah, there's, some, the state. there's some weird laws out there, you know. Do you remember yeah. the the i don't know if it was the iron curtain or the yeah i know zion or something like that yeah. where you couldn't um let the you know the underage people see yeah, actually yeah. pouring the the, the drink mm-hmm. so yeah. it's been interesting i'm just
0: excited we can buy booze on sundays in Boots indiana sister. yeah so let's like let's right cheers there. to yeah. that you yeah.
2: oh it's it is past noon so we're ready to go uh, mm-hmm. at least today so. So. Early good thing that. we had pre-bought this stuff yes
0: yeah. <laughs> yes these are from my archives how about that? That's right. The collection. That's right. My gin archive. Yeah.
2: Well, happy to I have uh, yeah. sat in with you guys today and talked about this wonderful subject. Yeah,
0: Brian, we really yeah. super that's appreciate great. you. You're our first guest. We're so stoked. I mean, we've been friends for a minute. Yeah. And love to ha- be able to collaborate you with you in an even different way. Well, I, oh, yeah. I look
2: forward to seeing you guys grow this thing and uh, listening to the future guests yeah. and what they have to say. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll, you know, have to come back for yeah. alumni uh, treatment. That's one day true. And, uh, yeah. That's a good uh, idea. Years yeah. down the road when you guys are rich and famous.
0: Well, again, thank you. Thank you. Super appreciate it.
2: Yes, thank you, ladies. Yeah, this has been thank fun. You. We'll talk. We'll we'll hear you on the other side. Yeah. Cheers.
0: Cheers.
1: Thank you for listening to the first episode of Gin and Sometimes Whiskey. If you want to share your favorite gins and sometimes whiskey, gin founding story, or other stuff we should know, please email us at gin.whiskeyinfo, that's W-H-I-S-K-E-Y info, at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram, gin underscore and underscore whiskey, for posts about small batch distillers, cocktail ideas, gin recipes, and other shenanigans. Cheers!